Welcome. You're listening to Her Breathing Journal with Natasha Gombanjara. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hey guys, welcome to yet another exciting episode on Her Breathing Journal with me, Natasha. And I'm so happy and glad that you are joining me again for my third episode. And I'm just so happy, guys, that you have been listening, you have been sending in uh, messages and responses. It just means a lot to me. Okay, so um, last week on Around Us Within Us, we were talking about financial literacy, and um, I received awesome feedback, and I actually enjoyed the episode myself because I believe that I was helping um, a person or two out there and many people actually send me messages saying that thank you so much for this and this is what happened to me blah 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 and I'm just happy that I was able to give a few tips and had someone um, change a few things about their uh, money or their pocket um, uses anyway um still around almost the same thing today our topic is making sense of sense so join me and let's get more into this. Today, I decided to make this topic about um, making sense of sense, how to um, avoid debt or how to not um, get into debt. All right, so I'm going to be reading like a real story that actually happened. And this was about a couple who got into debt and they're just giving us um, like what they had to do or how they got into debt and the tips that they have. All right, so I'm going to read um, part of the story which says, um, where did all this debt come from? All the debt was mine. I was a dumb young kid and thought I'll always be able to out um, earn my stupid decisions until one day I couldn't. Despite a generous three-year military scholarship at my pricey private college, I had student loans to pay for. My housing, which was 12000 by four, my freshman year's tuition was $30,000 and a summer study abroad program which cost me $15,000. Then shortly before I graduated, USAA, a military member's bank, offered me a $25,000 loan at a low rate of 2% interest. They dubbed it as a career study loan, but really it was their clever way of ensuring I'll be a customer for the foreseeable future. I used 15000 to refinance my study abroad loan, bought a new laptop, and put the rest in savings. If you're keeping count, that pushed my total debt upon graduating college up to over $100,000. So of course, I immediately got serious about my finances, did a budget, and started attacking my debt, right? Well, no. I bought a sports car instead. Man, what? I was 20 okay I was 22 years old only 4 months into my army career and had racked up over $115,000 in debt all I had to show for it was a fancy diploma a 3 year old master and a $1,100 per month in debt payments I mean 
he was only 22 i don't understand why you're 22 and you're already getting this i'm not judging but it's just surprising that by 22 someone already has so much debt and what's also surprising is that as much as we want to go study at expensive universities is it really worth it when next when after you graduate you're actually working towards paying back that money instead of just studying in a normal university where you don't have to worry about millions of dollars of um payback paybacking loans and it's just crazy all right and then he says my wake up call as can happen in the military i got hurt well that's normal i always knew it was a possibility but never thought it would happen to me i mean it happens to everyone even in movies ultimately the army decided it was best if they retired me typical mm? just like that my once promising career was over only two years after it started on to say um fortunately for me the army is a huge slow moving bureaucracy and i had some time to prepare for my unexpected new life as a civilian unfortunately for me i got hurt during the financial collapse of 2008 and i was entering one of the worst job markets of my life i didn't know how long i would be without a reliable income but i knew i would still be able be expected to come up with 1100 per month for debt payments I opened Excel file and made my first crude budget, subtracting what I needed to spend each month from what I made each month. Turns out I had more money left over at the end of the month than I realized. I saved as much of it as I could and set aside, uh, set it aside as an emergency fund. Six months after leaving the army and nearly draining my savings, I convinced a, five, a Fortune 500 company to put me in charge of a 15 million per year operation wow now armed with a decent salary i set aside one month's one month's worth of expenses as a small emergency fund and i tucked my debts with a vengeance i finally understood what a hindrance my debts were and i wanted them gone following this plan i would have paid off my remaining eighty thousand dollars and been totally debt free in three years there was just something i had to do first Let's find out what it is he had to do. Will you marry me? Mm, okay. My debt was no secret to Andrea. And to her credit, she didn't really care. She followed me more than my debt and saw how hard I worked to get through my career crisis and get my act together. In fact, we grew closer through all the craziness. I'm sure now you realize that I'm talking about the girlfriend and he obviously had plans to marry her. We had been together for five years at this point and it was time to move our relationship forward. I paid off a couple more debts, kept current on my remaining balances and used my excess cash each month to save for engagement ring. Aww. In September 2011, I asked Andrea to marry me. She said yes and we were married a year later. This, this is definitely true love because I'm sure most ladies right now, most people right now, you wouldn't be comfortable getting married to someone who is um, 
into so much debt and out of a job, of course, um, has been kicked out, has been hurt and has been going through so much. But I'm sure that there's 50% of um, ladies like Andrea and 50% of ladies that wouldn't even do that, you know. In that year, I paid the minimum payments on my remaining debts and we saved all excess cash to pay for our wedding and honeymoon. Oh, We made sure to stretch our dollars by, one, booking a daytime wedding. It was a lot cheaper to rent a venue during the day than at night. Oh, really? Two, we rented centerpieces. The vests all, all the flowers and in, went in instead of buying them. I'm not sure what we would have done with 20 identical glass cylinders after the wording anyway. Mm, makes sense. Three, we made our own invitations and programs using kits available from craft stores. Good DIY, good DIY, I like that. Four, we hired friends and family in the industry would have been willing to hire if even if we didn't know them. Mm, smart one. Five, Andrea's aunt is a seamstress and made all the bridesmaids' dresses. This is, wow, okay. And our DJ was our friend, same as our photographer. In the end, we had a beautiful wedding, a great honeymoon, and were able to pay for everything in cash. We even had a bit left over. Alright, so now he goes on to read a bit more about joining forces and... Um, Okay, he goes on to say that we decided to join forces. Since our married expenses each month were pretty close to what each of us spent as a single person, we had a lot of cash left at the end of the month. So the debt was down to 62,000 US dollars and it was time for us to attack it. Andrea and I both wanted to pay off the debt quickly, but we didn't agree on how. The main point of contention centered around the money we had left over for our wedding, the wedding gift cash, and some of Andrea's wedding um, savings from her years as a responsible person. Definitely, I think Andrea is the most responsible here. Even though Andrea had shown me an incredible grace, I still felt ashamed of my debt. I actually wanted to ask this, you know. I actually wanted to, I wanted him to tell me, um, Look, look at me saying me. I wanted him to tell people out there how he felt being into debt and then your wife being okay with it and she being able to say, okay, I'm going to give you a hand and let's finish this debt. It's now our debt. It's not your debt. You know, this is just something amazing, really. I didn't want it hanging over our heads and I was willing to take it um, drastically just to wipe it out. I wanted to, sh to throw most of our savings at debt, leaving just enough to act as a small emergency fund. Then, once the debt was totally gone, we would rebuild our savings to its previous level. Obviously, this plan would have had us out of debt really fast, but it was risky as it would leave us with only a small emergency fund for a while. I didn't love this risky plan, but I was anxious enough to pay off our debts and was already used to living with only a small emergency fund. Besides, with two incomes, I figured the odds of us having a catastrophic emergency was quite small, right? However, Andrea hated the plan. She wasn't comfortable with the risk and didn't want to drain our savings. Smart one, smart one. Having a big emergency fund gave her a sense of security, obviously. I would never experienced before and the idea of only having a small emergency fund freaked her out. Okay. 
all right so there's a lot more here i'm gonna leave the link below and then you guys can read the rest and now i'm gonna just jump over to our plan for paying down debt so here's what they finally agreed upon we agreed to save to use some savings to pay off a couple of my smaller student loans completely this still left us with enough of emergency fund to maintain under a sense of security <laughs> we agreed to keep our expenses to less than half of our combined income we could have afforded to rent a fancier house to eat lobster every night but we chose not to this way if one of us lost our jobs we'd still be able to pay rent and keep food on the table well, both working though would use the leftover cash to attack the remaining remaining debt we agreed to stay focused and pay off all the remaining debt in less than one year if by our first anniversary we still had some debt we'll tap into our savings to pay off whatever small amount was left assuming everything was according to plan would be debt free with a healthy emergency fund within the first year of our marriage oh good job guys finally debt free everything went according to plan and we were down paying we were down paying down the debt seven months later we were totally debt free Sixty-two thousand united states dollars paid off and we still listen to this guys we still had emergency a healthy emergency fund at that or to put it another way we paid off 115,000 us dollars in five years about a year faster than if we had not gotten married and I just paid it off myself. I paid off $53,000 in four years of my own, slowed down my debt target to get married and together with my awesome wife, wiped out the rest. Even more important than paying off the debt, Andrea and, and I learned how to set the course of our lives and take action to get us there. We grew closer as a couple as we faced the challenge of paying off debt. Best of all, Andrea and I learned together how to achieve great things. This is really wonderful. This is really wonderful. And here he leaves some tips. He leaves some tips and he calls it Now It's Your Turn Tips. And I'm going to read this just after the break. Be sure to join me, yeah? Now It's Your Turn. All right, so here's a few tips that he's giving our um, couples out there or any young person out there, basically anyone out there. And he says, maybe you've never talked about hopes or dreams or setting goals with your partner, or maybe you've never even thought about it yourself. This can be tough and tricky, but I'd like to help you out. It's pretty easy to articulate a what and a how for money and call it a day. Take for example, let's pay off our credit card student loan debt by cutting our expenses. That's great and responsible, but boring. Instead, as Andrea and I learned, start with why you want to do something. Think about or ask your partner. 1. How would it feel to have an extra $100, $500, $1,000 left over at the end of the month? I mean, I'll be happy. I mean, who wouldn't? 2. How would you approach your career differently if you didn't have to trade your labor just to pay your visa? 3. How much fun could you have? Oh wow, that's a good question. 4. How generous could you be? Mm, okay. 5. What new options would you have in your life? Taking this approach, you'd come up with something like, I want to take a job for the love of it. I want to give more money to charity. I want to buy that, things I've always, that thing I've always wanted to buy without feeling guilty. 
I want to stay home with the kids. So let's trim our expenses to pay off our debt. With a solid why like that, the what and how adjust the details. You also be much more likely to stick with your goals when, not if, something comes along to disrupt you. Um, guys, I, I feel like um, this has been one of the best things I've read before because it's not even a lot of tips, but just reading this part had me thinking a lot and I'm sure that you already have things you want to write down now and things that you want to change about how you save your money or how you control your debts and stuff. And I mean, let me read this again. With a solid why like that, the what and how adjust the details. You also be able to stick to your goals when something comes along to disrupt you. How many times do you say, um, I want to give money to charity? How many times do you feel like you want to buy something, but you're feeling guilty buying it? Don't you want to put an end to that? I mean, I would love to. I would definitely love to. I'm actually taking a whole month to take these tips and try to see how I'm going to be able to be managing my finances from now on. So anyways, guys, this is what I had for you for Around Us with Dennis. And... The topic was, of course, making sense of your cents, making sense of your dollars, making sense of your ching-ching, and ba-bam, this is what I had for you today. Um, be, be sure to leave a message if you have any tips or any stories. Were you ever in debt? How did you tackle it? Um, did you have anyone to help you? Did your partner stick with you? Did your partner leave you? Did you even have a partner? And let's just get to talk about it, guys. Talk to me. Let's talk about it. Yeah, so do leave a message and join me in the next segment as I have for you this hashtag. guys i hope you enjoyed that segment around us within us making sense of your sense making sense of your box okay be sure you're working for a purpose okay anyway um so now the segment is this hashtag and remember guys if you're new here so what happens on this hashtag is that i have to pick a certain hashtag and that is linked to the topic and today obviously we're talking about debts finances money savings and um so this hashtag for this week was hashtag debt so i had to go on instagram and find any posts that have to do with debt that have hashtag debt randomly pick five and then read them out loud to you so the first hashtag post that i came with the hashtag debt was this Eight things people who are paying off debt rapidly are doing. Number one, living well beneath their means. Two, following and maintaining a written monthly budget. Wow. Three, saying no to ones that don't align with the budget. Four, sending extra money to debt as often as possible. Five, staying consistent each month as much as possible. Six, not allowing failures, setbacks, or expenses to derail them from continuing. 7. Earning extra money through side hustles, second jobs, or selling things. 8. Having a monthly goal of how much debt you want to pay off. And an extra. 9. Having an overall target debt to be debt-free by. 
This is really hard work, but people who are paying off debts rapidly are fiercely and committed to doing these things. Most are doing these things simultaneously and it's the blueprint of how it's done. A few months of bursting your bum could set you up for an entire lifetime of worth. Options, peace, freedom, happiness, fun, I mean everything to, to spend as you wish. And if you're trying to keep back your plan, your debt, how many of these things are you actually doing to make it happen? So I actually saved this post um, on my Instagram um, account just so that anytime I feel like I'm in debt or anything like that, I just go back and try to align myself with these things. Hashtag number two was, I'm officially at the age where I ain't changing my phone if nothing is wrong with it. And I feel like this is a serious issue because, you know, with how technology is really moving forward, right now we even have the iPhone 12, you know, and some of us still even have the iPhone 7s, we have the iPhone 10s, we have the iPhone 6 Pluses, we have even the iPhone 5s, and now it's already iPhone 12. If you like, I just want to be at that level, I need that phone, but do you really need it? It's still going to call the same people, you're still going to send the same messages, Still APPs is going to be the same thing, just different sizes, different looks, different functions, right? So this lady was just saying, I'm at at that age, obviously the responsible age, where if my phone is working perfectly, then I'm not changing it for nothing. (laughs) I like this post. And then the third one said, Started from the bottom, now we're still pretty close to the bottom, but we have made a lot of progress and now we have endless potential to grow and we are pretty excited about that. I liked this one. I really liked this one and it had like 10,833 likes. I liked it. And it it said, hashtag debt free community. I loved it. Guys, let me read that for you again. Started from the bottom. Now, we're still pretty close to the bottom, but we have made a lot of progress and now we have endless potential to grow. And you're pretty excited about that. I like that. I like that. High five to you wherever you are. And then number four was, money speaks one language. If you save me today, I will save you tomorrow. Powerful. I mean, this is amazing, right? I, I haven't heard this before, honestly. This is my first time hearing this. If you save me today, I'll save you tomorrow. Let that sink in, guys. Let it sink in. Yeah. And the last, but not least, this one, you find it very, very amazing. Very good. It says, I put in eight years of non-stop hustle. I worked full-time while I went to school full-time. I worked multiple part-time jobs on top of my day job. I started a side hustle and then started another one. I grew up my side hustles into my full-time job. Success does not come easy. And this is Liz from at Ambitious Adulting. So you can follow her and get more tips. And I'm going to leave that link as well. Remember, it's Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Liz from at Ambitious Adulting. So... She was just saying that I have plans to take it easy in 2021 because I've been working so hard for eight years. I started some um, some hustle, sad hustles, and I also started other ones from those ones. And I was working full time whilst going to school full time. So guys, you can never say, oh, um, as long as you're able to move your legs, move your feet, 
Just do anything, okay? Nothing is stopping you from having a side hustle. Do not let anything stop you from starting starting that side hustle and just getting extra income. I mean, would you say no to extra money every every month? I don't think so. So yeah, you know, so guys go through that again and go ahead, start hashtagging and you'll be amazed at how much you learn. Don't just go on social media. Don't just go on Instagram just to see pictures and see celebrities that go, wow. Yeah, just we could all use social media platforms like Instagram to learn. You know, just go ahead. Hashtag debt. Hashtag finance. Hashtag savings. You'll be surprised at how much you can learn. So guys, join me for the next segment, which is her quote of the week. Ciao. Okay, so for her quote of the week, this is a quote from yours truly, her breathing journal, Natasha Gomanjera, and it goes like, you got to do what you have to do before you can do what you want to do, aka priorities. I'll read that again, guys. You got to do what you have to do before you can do what you want to do. Again, it's also linking to that story that I read for you. Remember, it was a, it was a real story, guys. It really happened. And um, my quote here, I think I wrote it um, just uh, a few months after COVID-19. And I was pretty confused as how to manage my finances. I was really confused as to what to do, what not to do. And I just remember telling myself that, Natasha, you need to sit down and prioritize your priorities, okay? What do you need now? And what do you want? And that really helped me to place my money towards something that I really needed and not something that I wanted. So this is what inspired me to write this quote. You can go check it out on my page, which is at her breathing, her underscore breathing underscore journal. And you just get to read what I had to think on that specific day about savings. All right. And okay, um, this is all I had for you for her quote of the week. If you do have a specific quote that you want me to read out loud, your personal one, one you found out that could help someone out there please do send it in you can send a voice message or you can get in touch with me via email as well on my youtube channel or on any of the platforms where my podcast is available ciao And now we have journal entry of the week. And remember, guys, journal entry of the week, I just give you guys something that you can write down in your journal, something that will uplift you, something that can change your life if you wanted to, or just something that you can, you know, weekly, daily, you know, something to just be yourself, refocus your life, um, reroute your life or something like that. I personally have a journal and every day I have something that I write down and this is what I have for you today, linking to the topic which was making sense of sense. So number one was, what are your current urgent priorities? I want you to write this down in your journal. What are my current urgent priorities? Just write at least three. Just sit down, don't think too much. Just reflect on your life right now and just 
Say, what are my current urgent priorities? And write that down. And try to see if you have been even attending to them or you've been attending to your wants more than your needs, you know. Also, I want you to write, where have I been wasting money? Where have I been wasting unnecessary money towards? Are you sending to um, necessary money to alcohol? Are you sending um, necessary money to um, things that don't benefit you long term? Are you wasting money to things that you do not need? You know, so this is something that I just want you to jot down in your journal and find out if there's anything you need to realign, something that you need to set a focus on before you do things that are really not building your life, but rather crushing you down. So yeah, guys, and um, join me again as we have Let's Be Real. Okay, guys, so remember um, last week I talked, um, or let's be real, we had a story about someone, a lady actually, a student who was living um, on a five pound um, budget every week. And yes, it was really true. I feel like most of you felt like it was also true. And yes, it was real. So last week's let's be real was really real. And this week, of course, it's linked to debt again. And it goes like, the debt collector told him he'll wave off his debt if he let him marry his daughter. But her response is genius. So listen to this, guys. Many hundreds of years ago, in a small Italian town, a merchant had the misfortune of owing a large sum of money to the moneylender. The moneylender, who was an old, ugly, fancied the merchant's beautiful daughter, so he proposed a bargain. He said he would forgo the merchant's debt if he could marry the daughter. Both the merchant and his daughter were horrified by the proposal. The moneylender told him that he would put a black pebble and a white pebble into an empty bag. The girl would then have to pick one pebble from the bag. If she picked the black pebble, she would have become the moneylender's wife and her father's debt would be forgiven. If she picked the white pebble, she, she need not marry him and his father's debt, her father's debt, would, be still, would still be forgiven. But if she picked, if she refused to pick a pebble, her father would be thrown into jail. They were standing on a pebble-strewn path in the merchant's garden. As they talked, the moneylender bent over to pick two pebbles. As he picked them up, the sharp-eyed girl noticed that he had picked up two black pebbles and put them into the bag. He then asked the girl to pick her pebble from the bag. So, now, um... I'll also review next week if this is real or not. But this is my question for you guys. If you were the girl, what would you have done? If you had to advise her, what would you have told her? Carefully analyze these um, and produce three possibilities, right? These are some of the possibilities that I, I had analyzed myself. One, the girl would probably refuse to take a pebble. Two, the girl would show that there were two black pebbles in the bag and expose the moneylender as a cheater, but would that really help them in the situation? Three, the girl could pick up a black pebble and sacrifice herself in order to save her father from his debt and imprisonment. Um, which one would you have gone for? Which one would you have taken here? The above story is used with the hope that it will make us appreciate the difference between lateral and logical thinking when it comes to money. 
The girl put her hand in the money bag and drew out a pebble. Without looking at it, she fumbled and let it fall onto the purple-strewn path, where it immediately became lost among all the other pebbles. Oh, how clumsy of me! She said. But never mind. If you look into the bag for that one that is left, you will be able to tell which pebble I picked. Since the remaining pebble is black, it must be assumed that she had picked the white pebble one. She's clever! Oh my goodness! And since the moneylender dared not admit his dishonesty, the girl changed what seemed an impossible situation into an advantageous one. I love this. I love this. I never saw this coming. She was really smart about this. And guys, this is how we need to be smart about money, you know. And here's the moral of the story. Most complex problems do have a solution. Sometimes we just have to think about them in a different way. We just have to think out of the box, think, think out of the world. I don't know what you need to think out of, so just think out of it. I loved this story. I really loved it. So guys, listen to that again. Let it sing down. Write it down somewhere. Open your journal right now. Just write it down somewhere. Okay, guys. So next, I will have for you guest of the week. And you're going to love this one. You're going to love this one. Stay tuned. Now I'm going to play you two of the many messages that I received via this platform on my Instagram handles. And I just want to say thank you again. Thank you to each and every one of you who took time to send in your messages, to send in um, your suggestions. And um, this week, I also, via my Instagram handle, I also posted um, a questionnaire. I was asking you if you have any topics that you would really want me to touch on. And a few popped up. So I rounded that um, questionnaire to five answers and I'll be choosing one for next week so if you're the one i might say um give you a shout out right here on this episode on the on that episode rather and just get um talking on that topic so thank you so much and those were really meaningful topics you know because i want to give you guys what you really want to know what you want to um talk about okay so that really means a lot so thank you to each and every one of you again who sent in a message and who loved the message who shared the message continue to share follow 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 and also have someone listen send to your sister your mom your brother your aunt your uncle your grandma your grandpa everyone i mean everyone so guys thank you so much so much natasha for the podcast that you released um i listened to all of it uh thank you for the tips and some of the nuggets that you highlighted uh financial literacy very important topic um some of the points that i picked out from your discussion um talk about savings talk about uh, planning your expenditure talk about teaching your children in the case that you have or you are going to have children you know teaching them how to save why we should save and how to uh, to do savings very important and um investment yeah, investment is very very important and uh, when one does that early enough 
has got high chances, you know, great perspective of uh, reaping good results in the future. Yeah, so that's all I can say. Thank you so much, Natasha Daniela, for your podcast and keep on shedding more light to many people. Natasha for your podcast I really love them and I love you uh, thank you so much because you know your podcasts are pretty refreshing and much more than that they are really educating so yeah thumbs up for me thanks a lot keep it going girl Thank you so much, guys, for listening in. Remember, if you do have any messages, any requests for topics or any message that you want to send to that special somebody, please do get in touch with me on my social media platforms. You can leave a message here or you can email me. You'll be able to find my email address in my links in my bios on Instagram at her underscore breathing underscore journal or tasha underscore danelle please do also leave your inquiries if you do have any advertisements we also do have a platform for that do not hesitate to get with me your host natasha danelle gambanjara so this is ciao for me babayam and take care